Welcome to episode 50 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Meet Me at Parkies was a situation comedy slash variety show that ran from 1945 to 1948 and starred Harry Einstein as Nick Parkiacarcus, a Greek-American who owned a restaurant called Parkies. Previously, Einstein had starred in 11 films as his character from 1936 to 1945. He also appeared on the Eddie Cantor and Al Jolson radio programs, and his character's popularity resulted in his getting his own radio show in 1945. Other cast members were Sheldon Leonard, Elliot Lewis, and Betty Rhodes, who also sang on each episode. Sponsored by Old Gold Cigarettes, the show was quite popular during the majority of its run, and most of the episodes were also written by Einstein. Now sit back and enjoy the July 1st and July 22nd, 1945 broadcasts of Meet Me at Parkies. From Hollywood, California, the makers of old gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parkies. Yes, everybody meets at Parkies, so come along to Parkies Restaurant and say hello to David Street, Betty Rhodes, Prudence Rockbottom, Opie Cates and his orchestra. And our genial host, the star of our show, Park Your Carcass. My doctor must be crazy. Told me to take two vitamin tablets for three days and then to skip a day. Am I exhausted? I've been skipping all day. <laughs> I got rumbles just because I'm refused to marry that... Prudence Rockbottom, she's taking me to court and suing me for breaching some promises or promising her some breaches. <laughs> what am I, a tailor? Am my busy? On top of it all, today's my day to take inventory here in the restaurant. Uh, might as well see how much food I got. I'll open up the safe. a good, strong safe. Nobody could ever break in here. Now, I'll mark down what I got here. Let's see. Quarter of a pound of butter. Butter is B-O-T-H-E-R. <laughs> now, there's two eggs. Eggs is H-E-G-S. <laughs> Did I spell it right? I know there must be an H in eggs because it comes from my hand. <laughs> now, here's one slice of bacon. Bacon is B-U-B-I. P.O. I'll just draw a picture of a pig. Wait a minute, I've been robbed. Oh, no, there it is in the corner. Oh, what a fright. Thought somebody stole that pack of old gold cigarettes. <laughs> I'm so nervous this going to court business has got me all up smack. I'll never forget the last time I had to go to court. That was the time I owed four cents on my library card. <laughs> Good thing I had enough brains to hire a smart lawyer. Got me off with a $200 fine. 
Hi, Parky. Oh, hello, David. Today's the day that you're supposed to go to court for breaking Prudence's heart, isn't it? Yeah, imagine. She's suing me for $50,000. She must think I'm a big business typhoon. It was really vicious of her threatening to evict you from her building here if you didn't marry her. How could she expect any man to fall in love with her? She's so homely. Homely? She's so homely she could make a fortune by standing in a beauty parlor window with a sign hanging around her neck saying, Don't let this happen to you. Hello, Parky. Hiya, Betty. Betty, I thought you was coming over here with the lawyer you was getting for me. Well, Opie's on the way over with him now. He wants to ask you a few questions about the case. Oh, my unhappy. You know, I don't get no sleep at all last night because all night long I was sleeping. <laughs> Parky, <laughs> you must have been asleep if you were sleeping. Who was asleep? I was sleeping. Sleeping off the bed onto the floor. <laughs> Betty, are you thinking what they will throw me in jail? Make me a common criminal? They couldn't send me away, Betty. Don't let them. Who will feed my canary? Who will change the water for my goldfish? Who will take my little dog for a walk? I'm the one to get married to Prudence Rockbottom, Betty. I don't love her. It ain't true love. Now take my dog. She really loves me. When I come home at night, she jumps up on my lap. She smuggles close to me. She kisses me and she looks up so tenderly into my eyes. Betty, that's real love. She don't want a new hat. <laughs> well, if you don't love Prudence, I don't blame you for not wanting to marry her. But maybe you could learn to love her. Nah, you can't learn how to love nobody. Love has got to come natural. It's no good if you got to learn how. You know, I once took a mail at the Paris Condon's course trying to learn how to make love. <laughs> what happened? When the mailman brought the third lesson, he jumped up and kissed me. That's no good. Well, Parky, you better run along and put on your Sunday suit and get ready for court. The lawyer will be here in a few minutes, and I'll call you when he comes in. Okay. Poor Parky. He takes everything so seriously, David. He's got such a soft heart. Say, David, I just bought a swell new Victor record called Nevada, sung by David Street. You know, he's terrific. Go ahead and play it. <laughs> Stars were exclusively ours that night. Your heart was part of my heart in the heart of Nevada. Two lips divine were so willing that night. There on our hilltop with nothing but heaven around we lost ourselves in a heavenly moonbeam till sunrise. And us, we fell in love, oh, so madly in love, in Nevada. We lived a dream by a blue mountain stream that night. Hill 
top with nothing but heaven around us. We lost ourselves in a heavenly moonbeam till sunrise found us. We fell in love, oh, so madly in love in the battle. By a blue mountain stream that night. You know, Betty, I can sing as good as that guy. By the way, Betty. Doing anything tonight? No. Are you sure? <laughs> Certainly. Can you be at my house at 8 o'clock? Oh, sure. Well, I want you to stay home with my grandmother. She gets very lonesome. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> hey, Betty. Oh, uh, Betty. Hey, stop being the lawyer, Congress. I'm so nervous about going to court. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all mixed up. I just put the cat in the icebox, and I put that big roast beef in the alley in front of a saucer of milk. <laughs> Don't be so nervous. Opie and the lawyer will be here very soon, and everything will turn out all right, I'm sure. Uh, it was all my own fault getting mixed up in a love affair with Prudence Rockbottom. I'm innocent, man. What do I know about love? My father never told me the facts of life. How could he? Nobody ever told him. <laughs> oh, Parky. I really feel so sorry for you being in all this trouble. Because true love can be so beautiful. Oh, I know it, Betty. If I could meet the right girl, I'd love to get married and have a lot of kids. You know, I love children. My whole family loves children. You know, my brother Dimitris had 26 children. 26 children? Yeah, when he got married, he promised his wife the world. (laughs) (laughs) Came pretty close to it, too. Opie, and that must be the lawyer with him. Hello, Betty. Hi, Parker. Hi. Meet your lawyer, J. Blackstone Cates. J. Blackstone Cates? Is he a good lawyer? What difference does that make? He's my brother. <laughs> as soon as I heard the news, I came over as fast as I could. I took the 515 ambulance. Ambulance? <laughs> I'm not sick. This case ain't over yet. <laughs> Say, Opie, did your brother graduate from law school? Has he a sheepskin? No, his face is wrinkled like that all the time. Oh, well, that's a good one. A sheepskin. <laughs> Not that. Instead of a lawyer, I got plenty of mutton. Oh, Bea, not that I want to question your brother's ability as a lawyer, but uh, do you really think that he can get Parky out of this trouble? No, but when he goes to jail, he'll get him a low number. A low number? But I don't want to go to Leavenworth I don't want to go to Sam Quentin Why don't you know anybody there? Hold it over just a moment, hold it I want you to know that none of my clients Will ever go to Sam Quentin or Leavenworth Good That's right, they all go to Alcatraz (laughs) That's a swell place Alcatraz is a swell place? Sure, you can get three good meals a day And a nice room all for yourself That's more than you can get in Los Angeles (laughs) 
Clarky, maybe we ought to get you another lawyer. Oh, don't be silly, Betty. My brother's got so many people off with 30 days, they're going to name a month after him. <laughs> uh, now, Parky, I want to ask you the most important question in the whole case. Yes? <laughs> How much is my fee and when do I get it? Fee? If you're talking about money, I ain't got none. No money? What kind of witnesses do you expect to get? Why, of course, Opie's right. For $50, I could get a very reliable witness from Chicago. I use them all the time. You see, that's our younger brother, F. Cates. S. Cates? What does the S stand for? Suffer. Suffocate. Yes. Suffocate. <laughs> now, let's get to the facts. We've got to be in court in an hour. Now, as I understand the case, the party of the first part and the party of the second part agree to the assertion of the party of the first part and the party of the second part, notwithstanding the party of the first part and the party of the second part, correlate the party of the first part and the party of the second part. Stop! I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> What's the matter? Too many parties. <laughs> uh, shall we get back to the case? Yes. Now, Parky Carcass, on the night of the murder... Murder? What murder? This case is about Bruton's rock well, You see, I showed him her picture, and brother, that's murder. <laughs> uh, now, Opie, I appoint you my assistant to this case, and let us proceed. Okay, now, the first thing I want to do, Parky, is to have you sign this paper. Is that to give you the power of attorney? No, you see, this is a petition against putting sewers in my neighborhood. What's that got to do with my case? Look, Parky, you got your troubles, I got mine. I see. Uh, now, Susan, get back to my feet. That's right. Parky, you'll have to go to the bank and get some money. The bank? The bank's closed. No, the bank's right here. Parky, where'd you put the piggy? <laughs> say, that's a good one, keeping money in the piggy bank. <laughs> What have you got in the cash register? Off his hand. <laughs> oh, my hand just happened to slip that day. Well, I guess I found out everything I want to know. I'm ready to defend Mr. Parky Carcass in court. Uh... Hello, who? Mr. J. Blackstone Cates? Yes, he's here. Hold the line, please. It's for you, Lawyer Cates. Thank you, thank you very much. Hello. Yes, this is Lawyer Cates. Yes, he's my client. Yes, I defended him. The electric chair. <laughs> oh, that's better. We're going to hang it. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Uh, Hanging? What was he charged with? Parking next to a hydrant. Oh, okay. For heaven's sake, play something. I'm sick. Sweetheart of all my dreams.
good job over it. Gee, that song really sounded swell. All right, kids, you better go over to that courthouse or we'll be late. See, Bob, do you want to walk over with us? Yeah, I'm going down that way, Betty. Well, Bob, walk with Parky and give him a little moral support. He needs it. Sure, I'll cheer him up. Gee, Betty, I'm so nervous. This is the first time I've ever been in a courtroom. Well, quiet, Parky. The judge is coming. Order in the court. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Here comes the judge. Everybody rise. Everybody rise. I said everybody rise. Ah, oh, come on, folks. Please rise. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> quiet, please, quiet. As judge of this court, I call the first case on the docket, that of uh, Miss Prudence Rockbottom versus Parker Caucus. Mister, are you the defendant, Parker Caucus? Yes. <laughs> and you, lady, you are the plaintiff? Uh, yes, Your Honor. I am Prudence Rockbottom. We will proceed. <clears throat> Members of the jury, stand and call off your names. Thomas Rockbottom. Frederick Rockbottom. John Rockbottom. Albert Rockbottom. James Rockbottom. Percival Rockbottom. You. You on the end there. What's your name? Alexander Parker Carcass. fix the jury. Judge, she's trying to fix the jury. Almost everybody on the jury's name is, is rock bottom. I demand a fair trial. Don't worry, Mr. Parky Caucus. You'll get a fair trial as sure as my name is Judge Rockbottom. <laughs> oh, boy, I only wish my uncle was here. He was a judge. Your uncle was a judge? Yes, sir. I never heard of him. You mean you never heard of Parky Caucus on a bench? <laughs> He was a judge for 40 years. What has he got the show for? Splinters. <laughs> Order. Who is the attorney for Pakikakis? I am, Your Honor. You, J. Blackstone Cates? I haven't set eyes on you for 20 years. Ever since you skinned me in that deal, I swore then that someday I'd get even with you, and now the day has come. Oh, am I going to get a fair trial? <laughs> you may question your witness, Attorney Cates. Now, uh, Mr. Parker Carker. Yes? You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. I object. You object? Why? We want to win this case. <laughs> now, Mr. Parker Carker, is it not true that you took this poor, innocent little woman, this Prudence Rockbottom, into your confidence and built up in her mind and in her heart a great love affair? And then you told her you weren't going to marry her. You let her down like the dirty dog you are. I have no sympathy for a cab like you. Your Honor, Your Honor, I recommend that you send this man to prison for life. Even that's too good for him. Hey, wait a minute. You're supposed to be my lawyer. <laughs> oh, pardon me. My mistake. I... <laughs> well, when I hired you, it was my mistake. <laughs> Well, Your Honor, the defense rests. I'm tired. Prudence Rockbottom, take the stand. Now, uh, tell us in your own words what happened between you and Pocky Cox. Well, he met me and wanted to kiss me and make violent love to me. And he told me I was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. You see, George, I'm insane, too. 
Quiet. Now, Miss Rockbottom, tell us about your romance. How did you happen to meet Pakyakaki? I bought the building that his restaurant was in. Oh, I see. You owned his building. Yes, I own 38 buildings, Judge. Uh, you own 38 buildings? Yes. Could you get an apartment for my sister-in-law? We've been looking all over and can't get a thing. Uh, well, it might help a little in the case. 38 buildings, huh? Are there any more witnesses? Well, if I may, Your Honor, I'd like to say a word. And who are you? Betty Rhodes. I work in Parkins Restaurant. I'm the bookkeeper and cashier. She also sings with Kate's Orchestra. That's the best part what I like. A singer, eh? Well, maybe she ought to testify as to her qualifications. Young lady, I order you to sing a song for us. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All persons within the hearing of my voice, give your attention to Miss Betty Rhodes who will sing. I should care. <laughs> Carcass guilty as charged and recommends the court that he marry Miss Prudence Rockbottom. 
Mary Prudence Rockbottom, I appeal. I appeal. I appeal. That reminds me, I got to order some potatoes for tomorrow. <laughs> order, order. Miss Prudence Rockbottom, take the stand. There's one part of your testimony which I'd like to go over with you again. How many buildings did you say you own? Thirty-eight, free and clear. In that case, I hereby reverse the jury's decision. Parker Carcass does not have to marry you. What? You mean I'm free? Yes, I'm going to marry her myself. For the further adventures of Park Your Carcass, Betty Rose, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and David Street, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky's. From Hollywood, California, the makers of old gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parky's. Yes, everybody meets at Parky's, so come along to Parky's Restaurant and say hello to Opie Cates and his orchestra, to David Street, Betty Rose, and our genial host, the star of our show, Parky Carcass. Boy, do I feel good today. This morning, I was up at 5.30. Took a brisk walk back in bed at 5.32. <laughs> that exercise stuff is good for you. Well, I get plenty of exercise. For the last 27 years, if anything ever fell down, I always bent over and picked it up. <laughs> After a month or two. <laughs> My doctor wants me to get lots of exercise. Said I should go out and chop wood for breakfast. I tried, but I can't eat that stuff. <laughs> Even with cream. <laughs> Doctor also wants me to get plenty sleep. Told me to go to bed with the chickens. That's no good. <laughs> I didn't mind crawling on my hands and knees to get into the chicken coop. And I didn't mind the chickens scratching me all night. But when they started to lay eggs all over my chest, that's going too far. <laughs> I'm busy here in the restaurant. The whole place is in a termite. <laughs> Everybody's working here today. Painters, plumbers, all because I'm going to make the place look nice because that high-class snooty society woman, Mrs. Vendepeister, is coming over here today to inspect the place to see if we're good enough to cater her affair. Ah, she's a fine woman. she got social position and money and a big house and money and <laughs> lots of servants and money and... <laughs> Beautiful clothes and money, and I understand she's wealthy, too. <laughs> ah, who cares about money? I do. <laughs> well, hello, Betty Rose. Hello, Parky. Say, look, I want to talk to you very seriously. Mrs. Vandepeister is coming over here today to look over the restaurant, and just look at the place. It's a mess. Well, that's because the painters are here. I wanted to varnish the floors and paint the walls. Everything except the ceiling. Why not the ceiling? The OPA takes care of the ceiling. <laughs> well, I 
I hope that when the painters are through, the place will look nice. Well, I got the best painters in town. What are their names? Van Gogh and Rembrandt. <laughs> oh, Parky, Van Gogh and Rembrandt. They've been dead for years. No wonder they paint so slow. <laughs> Never seen such guys. All they do is stand there and argue. Argue? About what? About what color to paint the walls. And all I wanted to paint it, Betty, is plain white. I'm going to the kitchen now, see how they're getting along. I say it ain't. I say it ain't. I say it ain't. I say it ain't. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Van Gogh, you're hopeless. <laughs> oh, you're just a silly mule, Rembrandt. <laughs> say, excuse me, painter. Sir. Ah, Mr. Pakiakakis, you're just the man we need. We were having a discussion as to what colors to use on your kitchen walls. And a man of your royal judgment can certainly help us out. Look, boys, I told you 20 times, don't got to worry about the colors at all. All I want is plain white. But I say a subdued background of aquamarine with a wisp of magenta. <laughs> Look, I don't know nothing about aquagenta. All I want is plain white. Van Gogh, you're impossible. I think a fetching sea of cerise cupid and turquoise. <laughs> Who wants stupid turkeys? All I want is plain white. <laughs> Turquoise threes, when a bewitching heliotrope with a date of a million would be just two, two. I don't want two, two. Only want one, one. <laughs> All I want is plain white. Oh, Rembrandt, you're utterly impossible. But I think we should use pewter and mulberry. But then go, I thought we agreed to forget about pewter and mulberry in favor of pale shots, Ruth. <laughs> Use chartreuse. What's the use? <laughs> Listen, you two. All I want is plain white. Mr. Pakiakakis, you don't have to shout. Look, boys, could I please have plain white? I still say you don't have to. Plain white? Oh, that's wonderful. Plain white? Sensational. An inspiration, Rembrandt. A stroke of genius, Van Gogh. Plain white? <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Pakiakakis. How can we use anything else but plain white? Why didn't you suggest it before? I didn't think of it. <laughs> but wait a minute. Giving this a little further consideration, are you thinking that plain white will blend with the rest of the place? How, How should, should we, we know? We're, We're colorblind. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. How do I get mixed up with such crazy people? Betty, Betty. What? I never met such stupid painters in my whole life. All I want to do is to paint the walls plain white, and they want to paint it in six delicious colors. <laughs> Watermelon, raspberry, cherry, lime, and old gold, and I don't know what. <laughs> look, Parky, Mrs. Vanderpuist will be here soon, and just look at the place. Honestly, I'm really ashamed of the way this place looks. You know you're right, Betty. You know something? You're the only thing around here that looks good. <laughs> Sing a song for me, will you? Honest, that's the only fun I get out of life. Here, David Street, let this piece of music for you this morning. Oh, let me see it. Hmm, it's a song called There Must Be a Way. Sounds interesting. There must be a way to help me forget that we're through.
Come in. I hope you'll pardon our appearance. Oh, it's David Street and Opie Cage. Hiya, fellas. Hi, Betty. Hi, Parker. <laughs> Gee, this place looks like a cyclone hit it. You've got to shake a leg if you want to get it fixed up so that it will look presentable when Mrs. Vanderpeister comes over. Well, you're so right, David. Parky, hustle up those painters, will you? I'll go over and put the slip covers on the booth. Okay, but I still say all I want is plain white. <laughs> now, Opie and David, you two can go in the kitchen and help the plumber. He's putting in a new sink, and I want you to move all the dishes and that other junk out of his way so he can have room for all his pipes and stuff. Okay. Opie, let's go in the kitchen and help the plumber. Me help the plumber? Yeah. The musician Junior ain't gonna like this. <laughs> Say, Opie, you know, I started to write a story for my column about your playing Mrs. Vanderpeister's affair, and I discovered I didn't have any facts about your life. Oh, everybody knows me, Dave. My brother and me grew up in that town. Really? Sure, well, I'll never forget the time when the teacher kept my brother after school and... They're married now. (laughs) I'm afraid I missed a little bit of your story. What did you say happened between your brother and his wife? Well, you see, it wasn't long before they heard the patter of little feet in the kitchen. Patter of little feet, eh? Yeah, you see... You know, they had to buy mousetraps to get rid of them. (laughs) Say, pardon me, fellas. I'm only a plumber working here, but I couldn't help overhearing what you guys are saying. You know, it reminds me of what happened to me once. You see, I was fixing some leaky pipes in the manhole when all of a sudden... (laughs) And I can show you the marks right on my head today. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Just because you... I make myself clear. <laughs> oh, a wise guy, huh? Well, I met tough guys like you before. Now, before I start pinning your ears back... Pin my ears back? Well, I'll take you I accept your apology. <laughs> oh, we look at you and you too, David, standing there gabbing away and there's so much work to do. Well, I was just having an interesting talk with this plumber here. Well, instead of talking, why don't you... Well, I agree with you, Betty, but I can't play that number because I never knew it. Well, okay, then play I Never Knew. Well, 
Parky, Parky, come here, all of you. Now, look, Mrs. Vanderpeister is due over here very shortly, and I guess you all know how important it is that Parky gets this job. Now, we've got to build up this place and make her think that we're a big outfit. Oh, that's easy, Betty. All we got to do is exaggerate everything we say a little bit. Ain't that right? That's right. Now, let's put on the best front we can. Let's really lay it on thick. Let's make her believe that she's dealing with a big institution. And another Uh thing I wish you'd... Get a look at that long limousine that just drove up to the door. That's her. Here comes the grand Mrs. Vanderpeister. Well, okay. Now, boys, we can handle this job. Remember, you're as big as you think you are. Now, act big, and think big, and talk big. Oh, come right in, Mrs. Vanderpeister. Welcome to Parky's Restaurant. You remember Parky. Hello, kid. And, uh, <laughs> and this is Betty Rhodes, our bookkeeper and cashier. And singer, too. You sing. How do you do? Uh, how do you do? Uh, David, would you please see if the chef has those 5,000 sandwiches ready for that small party we're catering? 5,000 sandwiches? Uh, oh, yes, I'll go in and ask him. Five thousand sandwiches. Yeah, and David, don't forget to make out separate checks. <laughs> Pardon me, Parky. If you got a five dollar bill on you, I want to light my old gold with it. Light an old gold. Light an old gold with a five dollar bill. Isn't that unusual? Yes, it is. He usually uses tens. <laughs> Elephants, the Empire State Building and the Atlantic Ocean. Elephants, the Empire State Building and the Atlantic Ocean. Elephants, the Empire State Building and the Atlantic Ocean. What's that? Just out and big, that's all. man holding the clarinet. That's Opie Tate. <laughs> oh, this ain't no clarinet. I use this for a toothpick. A toothpick? Yeah, I got the biggest cavities in the world. <laughs> How about I do it, Parky? <laughs> oh, won't you sit down, Mrs. Vanderpeister? Parky, please get a chair. A chair? Let's bring her a couple of sofas. <laughs> No, that's just one of our flies. (laughs) Look, Offie, don't overdo it. Now, Mr. Parky Carcass, you must bear in mind that I'm to have 400 guests at dinner at my party. Are you equipped to handle that many for dinner? Only 400. That's easy. They wanted me to serve all the congressmen and all the senators in Washington, but I didn't do it because I didn't have time. You didn't have time to serve the congressmen and the senators. Now, you know how long it takes them to pass anything. <laughs> well, I hope the quality of your food is good. With food the way it is today, one can't be too careful, you know. Yeah, lady, I want you to know one thing. In all the years when I have been in the restaurant business, not one person has ever complained about my food. You know what that proves, don't you? What? Dead men tell no tales. (laughs) Uh, Opie, you'd better come with me. We've got some work to do in the exporting department. Uh, Pardon us, Mrs. Vanderpeister, but we're shipping a big order of food to Europe. Come on, Opie. Europe? Oh, Europe. That's it. Mr. Parky, you know you have an old world atmosphere here. This place reminds me of a little bohemian spot I once knew in Paris. 
Ah, Paris, oui, oui. Oh. Parlez-vous français, monsieur? Oui. Oh. <rire> eh bien, vous avez étudié en France? Oui. <rire> Combien de années habitez-vous à Paris? Oui. <rire> I bet you run out before I do. <rire> I've seen you somewhere. Really? Yes. Have you ever been on the Riviera? Or maybe it was Bieri. It seems to me I've seen you at some romantic watering place. Maybe it was the Tunnel of Love at Ocean Park. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Park, your carcass. I should like to discuss with you the menu for my party. All right. I have a few suggestions here. Here's the list I made out. Now, I think we might start with an antipasto. Antipasto. Wait till I mark that down. Antipasto. That's two words. Anti is uh, A-N-T, and pasto is P-A-S-T-E. Yes. <laughs> now, I think we should have some anchovies. Anchovies. Yes. <laughs> Then we'll have some caviar. Oh, we don't got no caviar. Oh. Well, in that case, I think we should have some sardines. Sardines? Of course. Sardines with lettuce. Sardines with lettuce? Yolk. Don't you think you'd like to have some small sausages? Sausages? I never heard such a pronunciation. You probably mean sausages. Sausages? Of course. Now, what kind of potatoes are you going to have? Potatoes? Would you like French fried or hash brun? Do you think we can have filet mignon, or could we have pheasant under glass? Of course. <laughs> but may I suggest my specialty? Corn, beef, and kebab? <laughs> corn, beef, and kebab? Oh, you probably mean corn, beef, and caboose. Caboose? <laughs> caboose is an Indian baby. No, you're thinking of papoose. I beg my pardon. Now, papoose is like when I ask you to marry me, then I papoose to you. Oh, uh, Mrs. Vanderpeister, David is about to rehearse his song that he's going to sing at your affair. It's uh, called Bahia. Would you like to still hear it? Shall we play it for In 
the memory of many dreams ago When the stars were bright and you were mine alone My love for you cannot die Though the oceans run dry Or heavens fall from the sky Now you're gone by Be careful of that big hole that they just drilled here. You now, these men are fixing the streets with a magnetic drill. Uh, what is it you wanted to say again? Uh, simply this. If you want to cater my affair, yes. you'll have to do the following things. Now, in the first place... <laughs> and that's final. Good luck. <laughs> Parky, out in the street. Well, tell me, did Mrs. Vanderpiste give you the job, huh? Well, I'll leave it to you, Betty. This is exactly what she said. She said... <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> Get the job catering Mrs. Vanderpeister's party? I'm dying to know myself. So, for the further adventures of Parky Carcass, David Street, Betty Rhodes, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and Mrs. Vanderpeister, played by Natalie Schaefer, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky's. <laughs> Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 